Braithwaite, your guest presenter on today's episode of Booked. I'm the editorial director of Avon here at HarperCollins, and there's no getting away from the fact that I have the best job in the business, because I have the privilege of editing the brilliant C.L. Taylor. Callie Taylor is the million-copy best-selling author of three psychological thrillers, The Accident, The Lie and The Missing, though she initially started out writing women's fiction. Her psychological thrillers are Sunday Times and number one ebook bestsellers, making her one of the most prolific commercial fiction writers in the UK today. And with her books sold into 15 territories already, she's something of a worldwide phenomenon too. Callie's fourth psychological thriller is called The Escape. It publishes on the 23rd of March, and believe you me, we could not be more excited. As Callie's editor, I've been chomping at the bit to tell the world all about it. But I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to let Callie do that herself. So Callie, hello. It's great to have you with us. It's great to be here. How are you today? Are you okay? I'm very good, thank you. I've just had a lovely lunch. We did. We're sort of perpetuating the publishing myth that it's all champagne and lunches and that's about it. Yeah, I don't mind that myth. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we read a book and uh, and that's it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So um, yeah, the first thing that we would all love to know is what is The Escape about? The Escape is about a woman called Jo who lives in Bristol with her husband Max and their two-year-old daughter Elise. Jo's an agoraphobic and she lives a very kind of routine life. Every day she takes Elise to the nursery, then she goes to work, then she picks Elise up from nursery and she comes home again. And she doesn't go out of that routine at all because it makes her feel panicky and scared. Then one day when Jo leaves work, a stranger, uh, a woman she's never seen before, asks if she could have a lift Joe's really wary. She doesn't want to, but she ends up saying yes. And this woman, Paula, gets into her car. Paula then proceeds to search around in the car for something that she says Max, Joe's husband, has taken from her. And then she threatens Elise. Joe reacts really badly, um, and she becomes increasingly scared as Paula ups her campaign to intimidate her. Nobody believes Joe that Elise is in danger. And in fact, the finger of suspicion turns on to Jo herself. So Jo has no excuse but to go on the run. And she escapes to Ireland, which is where she was brought up as a child. And things only get worse from then. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned Ireland there. And yes, so of course the book is, is partly set there. When you're building a location, do you try to visit it to get a sense of place? What did you What did you do for this book? Yes, um, in all of my books, I tend to draw on places that I've actually experienced, uh, because I think description is one thing, but capturing the atmosphere of, of a place is is something else. So when I I wrote the accident, and that was based in Brighton, which is somewhere I'd lived, the lie was set partly in Nepal, which is somewhere mm. I'd, I'd been on holiday. And with the escape, it's set partly in Bristol for the first half of the book, and Bristol's where I live, so I know it very well. And then the second half is set in Ireland. And I have been to Ireland before. I've been to Cork and the south sort of west coast, um, Castletown Bearer, lovely writing retreat there I've been to. (laughs) But I'd never been to the east coast. Mm. And in the novel, Joe needs to get a ferry and cross the sea. And I really wanted to experience Joe's journey. And originally I did book a ferry to go from Fishguard to Ross Lair, but the weather last February was so awful, so stormy, uh, the trip was cancelled and we ended up flying to Dublin instead. Uh. 
Then we travelled down to Wexford. I can't drive. So my friend Jo, who came with me, she did all the driving. Mm. And we stayed in a B&B because my character stays in a B&B. Yeah. So I was like, I'm really sorry, Jo. We can't stay in luxury hotels with spas. <laughs> we like, what did you sign up to? <laughs> yeah, I know. I think she was a little bit disappointed. So we stayed in B&Bs um, and they're in, in Wexford. And I, I spent the evening writing notes and taking photos. Mm. How it felt, what the room was like, what I could see through the window all this kind of thing lots of atmosphere as well as description and then the next day we drove all the way up to Clocherhead Mm -hmm. I hope I've said that right (laughs) Irish listeners um, which is where I wanted to set the the second half of the book it was actually recommended to me as a good location by an Irish blogger that I know called Margaret and it was perfect as soon as we got there the feel of the wind on my face um, and the stormy sea and the grey colours and and the houses it was it was just perfect and it, it's been lovely I've, I've had a few early reviews of the escape and they've said that they could feel the wind on their face and I think if I hadn't actually been there if I hadn't yeah. experienced it I wouldn't have been able to capture the atmosphere and, and the sensation of, of, of being by the sea quite so well it is amazing like, even in the B&B actually I have such a vivid picture of what it looks like and there is a scene where you've got Joe creeping downstairs and it just it really sticks out in my mind and that is you've built a wonderful picture and I mean Ireland is wonderful for it's so evocative and as you say mm. those stormy seas so yeah amazing setting oh thank you really great I did mention um, briefly in the introduction that um, you have you've written um, women's fiction before as well. So, what's your writing career been been like? I actually started writing short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a program on BBC Two, which asked uh, members of the public to finish short stories started by famous writers, mm-hmm. and I really liked the short story started by Joanne Harris. So I write I wrote an ending to it and I sent it in. I didn't win, I didn't get on the telly, but it started off a a real excitement for entering short story competitions. Mm -hmm. So um, I entered lots and lots of short story competitions. At first I didn't do very well, I didn't place. And then I started to place and get highly commended and then I won a few. And then I sold some short stories to women's magazines and a few literary magazines. And then from there, I decided to to write a novel um, and I wrote a supernatural romantic comedy and uh, got myself an agent. And then I wrote a supernatural romantic comedy Mm -hmm. and I got an agent and I got a two book deal for romantic comedies. Uh, which was great fun. Uh, they mm. did really well. They sold to, to 14 countries internationally. And, and my first one was a bestseller in China and Hungary, um, which was fun. But then when I was on maternity leave with my son, I had this idea for a psychological thriller. Mm. And it just wouldn't leave me. It was a sort of idea where I, I had to write it. So I, I said to my agent, what do, you, what do you think I should do? Should I write another rom-com or should I write this story that's, that's really calling to me? And she said that, that I should write the story. Um, and thank goodness I did. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it landed me uh, a deal with Avon HarperCollins. And I'm now on my fourth psychological thriller. And I'm definitely staying down the crime route. <laughs> I do still write the odd short story for the women's mm. magazine. Sometimes crime, sometimes feel good. But, uh, yeah. but psychological thrillers and, and crime is, is definitely where I'm best placed, I think. Yeah. Not many people who can actually make that transition from... Uh, apart from Paula Hawkins and uh, me. Apart from Paula Hawkins. <laughs> and this is it. 
and you and it's it is it's a, it is tough it's a difficult yeah. thing to do do you think that writing those short stories helped you and do you think it's a, a good place for for new writers to start yes um absolutely i do um i know a lot of authors who've only written novels and they've mm. never written a short story and, and they struggle they admittedly yeah. you know they say that they struggle but i think by perfecting the short story form you learn in in a very short amount of time how to to write a beginning a middle and an end mm. how to get the pace right how to portray your characters how to put a theme in there as well mm. like all of the elements and a, a plot obviously all of the elements that you need in a novel you can condense down in, into maybe 2000 words mm. and i think that if you can do that well, then you can learn a kind of brevity mm. of of style and of language. And in some ways, I think that's really helped me write novels because people tell me that, that my books are real page turners. Um, and I tend not to waffle. I tend not to go off on big descriptive passages. And I think part of that is from short stories. Mm. Having to condense a story into 2,000, 5,000 words I just kind of expand that that onto novels, and I, I think it has helped. Yeah. Yeah. You're also about to embark on writing YA. Um, I don't know if everyone out there knows that, but uh, watch this space. Uh, come September, you'll have a YA novel out. Do you approach these writing styles differently? Primarily, I write in the first person. So when I write, I'm channeling the voice of the character. Mm. And that's different for every book. Um, Even between my psychological thrillers, the characters all have different voices. But I think my voice as an author stays the same throughout. I mean, obviously, if I'm writing a rom-com, I'm going to have more humour in that voice. And if I'm writing YA, it's, it's got more attitude and more sarcasm but ultimately it's it's the same author voice I think I've got the same style regardless of of what I write I'm not wordy I'm Mm. kind of straight to the point I like a lot of dialogue not very much description lots of action and that's the same regardless of of the genre of book that I'm writing I think. There's been a lot of discussion about the representation of mental illness in the media so how did you research this before you started writing and how did you get into that mindset? In all of my psychological thrillers I've, I've explored some different kind of mental illness or psychological disorder Um, It's something that I find particularly interesting. I did a degree in psychology. So anything to do with abnormal psychology, I find really fascinating. Mm. Um, But I find it really, really important to portray it accurately. Um, So I do a lot of research. So I will often buy books on the subject or I'll go online and read about the subject. And I think particularly importantly, I read about the experiences of sufferers of that disorder I recently read um, a blogger review of The Escape and she said I suffer from agoraphobia and I'm so pleased that Callie researched it properly and portrayed it because she's as she said lots of people think it's a fear of open spaces Mm. but it's not it's a fear of being in a situation where where you can't escape and I think that's really important if as a writer if you're writing about some kind of psychological disorder or or mental illness that you don't take the easy way the the easy route you know like all schizophrenics are murderers that's Mm. absolutely not the case um and and I wouldn't want to kind of perpetuate anything Mm. like that I I want to have like a truthful portrayal of, of that illness 
And in, in all of my books, actually, I've had people, readers, email me afterwards. Mm. Even The Missing, which is a really unusual psychological disorder, which is dissociative amnesia. Yeah. And I've, I've had messages from people who say, I suffer things like that where I just can't remember, mm. you know, what I did for the last hour. Gosh. And, and, and to me, that, that's a sign that I did my job properly, yeah. if people can relate to it. Yeah, well, that's it, and I think it's 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 as you say, it's the people who are suffering, but also it's I mean, it's people like me, for example, who when I read that first draft of the escape, mm-hmm. and exactly as you said, I had always assumed agoraphobia was that fear of open spaces. I think I remember asking you at the time yeah. and saying, "Oh, I didn't know that it, you know, that, that this was, that, well, this was what it is, you know, this is what it's like for someone suffering from it day in day out." Yeah, um, really fascinating, and you can see that research coming through. Oh, good. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, I think um, yeah, really interesting on on all fronts. Um, and so you are also known, as well as your excellent research, you're also known uh, for your mind-blowing, gasp-inducing twists. Um, I'm not going to spill all your secrets today, don't worry. Um, but what would you say is the most important element in setting up that final plot twist? Um, it kind of varies from book to book, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. Um, surprise is an important element, but equally it shouldn't come out of the blue. Um, a plot twist that seems to be plucked from thin air mm-hmm. is, is never going to satisfy the readers. So something that I, I particularly enjoyed, and this is no spoilers for The Escape, is there's a little bit of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. So something almost I- inconsequential that happens earlier in the book uh, is reflected in what happens at the end. Um, and hopefully the reader will read that that twist and and think wow you know of course if I you know I Mm. I could have seen that coming if if I just paid attention to that Mm. that little plot point earlier or maybe they did pay attention but then it comes back again and that provides the twist I can't really say more than that without giving too much away yeah it's a bit tricky (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I mean I always find it fascinating when you know sort of when I look at uh, you know when I look at um, an author's work and think you know I just didn't see that twist coming I, I didn't you know I didn't pick up on that at all and one of the reasons that I'm an editor not an author is because I know that I wouldn't I don't have the capabilities to be able to do that and what I think is is fascinating is from an author's perspective how you're able to write something that is ultimately completely wrong-footing the reader and know that then you haven't given the game away because I think if I was writing I'd be thinking oh no they're definitely going to guess they definitely know what's coming I mean do you ever have moments like that or do you yeah you 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 worry it's a fine line between putting in red herrings and Mm. putting in hints because you think if I go too heavy on the hints then they're going to guess yeah if I go too heavy on the red herrings then I've kind of led them up the garden path and not even given them a, a hope um when I was writing the missing the 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 question is basically who is responsible yeah. for Billy going uh, missing, mm-hmm. and and so I had to give lots of different characters a kind of motivation, and I did work really hard to try and um, mislead the reader. Yeah. Um, a couple of people guessed who who the antagonist was, the person involved, but most people were wrong-footed. And some of them were wrong-footed by people that I didn't even (laughs) think people would think. Yeah, that's interesting. So I felt like I I had done my job really well there. And and some things that, that you will put in, 
it kind of challenges the reader's perception. So without saying too much, an example in a short story might be where you talk about the surgeon all the way through. And the twist at the end is that the surgeon is a woman Mm. because people still have that perception that a surgeon is a man. So it's kind of subverting, sometimes subverting beliefs. Mm. Again, I can't say too much because that (laughs) give away the the missing twist. Um, But it's good fun. It's it's quite hard work sometimes Mm. because you have to work backwards. You think this is the person who's responsible for what's been happening. How am I going to work back through the novel to, to, to put all these red herrings in? And then sometimes a twist will come out of the blue, like the epilogue in The Escape. Yeah. We'd actually done the, the edits mm. and then I got in touch with you and I said, I've just had this idea for an epilogue. Will it, will it work? And yeah. yeah, you loved it. So that was That's good. it. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was just the perfect, you know, it was... The book felt did had felt complete as it was, but then actually you coming up with that and just thought, yeah, spot on. That is that will leave a happy reader. There's no doubt about it. I was pleased with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah Hillary has said that no one does broken families and friendships like C. L. Taylor. What attracts you to the darker side of humanity, and how do you explore the emotions that your characters are feeling when, like in this book, their child is in danger? Basically, I'm fascinated by the way people react when they're in danger or or they're under pressure because I think it shows somebody's true nature and and true personality. Um, And they react differently than they might in real life because we all all have selves um, and we we show... This comes from, like, my psychology degree. I loved all this (laughs) stuff. You have a different self, so you will show a different self to your partner, a different self to your mother, and a different self to your boss. Mm -hmm. And I think that your real self... Is, is the really interesting bit. And your mm. real self is the bit that's shown when you're in danger or you're under pressure because you're not pretending to be something. You're just reactive in, mm. in, instinctively. And I, I in, in a kind of totally sadistic way, I like, <laughs> I like taking people and putting them in, in scary situations and seeing how they're going to react. Yeah. And hopefully... The reader is also thinking, how would I react, yeah. you know, if, if I was in that situation? And it, to me, it's great if they're shouting at the page saying, don't do don't, you know, don't open the door, um, because then they're really they're invested in it as much mm. as I am. And also, it, you know, it throws up lots of moral questions when, when you're talking about crime. And I really like to write the antagonists as well. It can be very easy to create a very two-dimensional villain. And I like to work out why my villains are the way they are. Is it something that happened in childhood? Invariably, I think it is. I don't think Mm. anybody's born truly evil, but maybe some people are more evil than others. (laughs) But I like to look into that and and, and the way that they justify to themselves Mm. that what I'm doing is not that bad because... So it's it's characters, really, um, that that I like to, to... to investigate yeah that's it there's always a there's always a get out clause there's always a scapegoat for uh for villains isn't there but i mean it's really interesting what you were saying just then actually about the real self i mean do you think we we ourselves actually know our real self do you think because actually i don't know what would come out if i was put under pressure or in danger i'm not quite sure what would come out of me i think that's quite a terrifying thought yeah absolutely because you because you think that you would do something and you know there's been there's been several um psychological experiments about the way that that people would react and also mm-hmm. analyzing people say um if there's some kind of crisis like uh, there's a fire somewhere mm-hmm. and people try and escape people often 
feel really guilty afterwards because they may have trampled on people to try and escape rather mm. than help people. And that can create a very uncomfortable uh, internal mechanism, mm. you know, because you think that you're the type of person who would stop and help people. Yeah. But actually what you did, you reacted instinctively and you, and you just tried yeah. to get out. I don't think people should be too hard on themselves in that kind of situation mm. because just, you know, the Survival instinct to survive kicks it. in. I think the older you get, the more your sense of self instills and, and you mm. understand yourself more. I certainly understand myself more in my 40s mm. than now than I, than, than I did in my 20s. I'm more aware of my faults, whereas maybe in my 20s I was a little bit, you know, it's everybody else who's yeah. you know the issue and and I'm I'm fine but now I'm a, I'm aware of what my foibles and my flaws are yeah. so I think it comes with age do you think there's something about the home and domestic sphere that uh, can be inherently threatening and how do you draw this out in your books i think um it's fascinating setting books in a in a domestic situation because it's something that I can relate to and it's something that the readers can relate to. Obviously, typically thrillers were about spies mm. or soldiers or hitmen or whatever, which is great for escapism, but it, you can't really relate to them. Yeah. Whereas if you set a, a, a psychological thriller in the home, it's, it's somewhere where mostly we all feel safe. But we can, we can imagine how you might feel if you think your husband is acting strangely, mm -hmm. how you might feel if your child is missing, how you might feel if you're accused of being a bad mother, how you would feel if one of your friends was turning against you. There's something that, that, that most people can relate to. And I think that almost makes it more terrifying because you can kind of transplant yourself as, as the reader or me as the writer into that kind of world. And I mean, for me, so much so and I'm not going to do this again, but in The Escape, I mm. actually set the story in my house. Oh, wow, yeah. you haven't told me that before. No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> in my head, the layout of the house in The Escape is the same as my house. Wow. So when I was writing scenes about people creeping around downstairs... <laughs> It made me a little bit nervous being in my own house. I'm not surprised. Um, and and like front doors being opened and yeah. all this kind of thing. And I've I've actually said to myself, I'm I'm never going to do that yeah. again. Setting when you've got a really vivid imagination mm. and when you're channeling a character, you you just don't feel safe anymore. Yeah. But hopefully, if I've done my job properly, readers reading the escape yeah. will equally not feel very safe in their homes. <laughs> so what you're saying is you you are happy to go through that pain I did for it your for readers, you, readers so yeah. that the readers can feel it as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you could have given yourself one piece of advice at the beginning of your writing career, what would it have been? I would have warned myself that there are ups and downs in every career, mm. particularly when you first get signed or, or when you're chasing publication you feel like it's going to lead to some some wonderful promised land of you know milk and honey and champagne and champagne, lunches yeah. and, you know and you know there is a bit of the champagne in the lunches but there's there's downsides and there's ups and downs in every career mm. and I think I would say to myself if I went back weather the downs because in my experience after every down if I'm determined if I keep trying if I work hard 
there's a huge up. Yeah. So it just goes up and down and up and down and there's setbacks and disappointments and all this kind of stuff. Mm. But you just have to stay determined. You've got to learn from, from everything, every rejection, every kind of critical comment, every setback. And you've just got to force yourself to bounce back. Mm. And it's hard because as writers, I think we are quite sensitive and we're quite easily bruised and full of self-doubt most of the writers that I've met but you just have to push that to one side mm -hmm. and, and battle through it and believe in yourself and uh, and and if you just keep going yeah you know good stuff can happen and I have to say I mean I know that you say there that yeah as a writer you can be easily bruised but I do think that I think one of the bravest things you can do is put your writing out into the world as you do and <laughs> I don't think I would have the guts to do it myself. It's it is you know it's a terrifying thought. So it is. I think it's an incredible thing. And uh, yeah, kudos. I think you know. I, I think people forget what a brave thing that is. And also you know to put yourself up there to essentially be critiqued because you know those reviews will come in for good yeah. or for bad. And you put your fears yeah. and your loves and your hopes and you just feed so much of yourself into it that it can feel very bruising if you know if you get a bad review but then equally you have to realize that you've not loved every book mm -hmm. that your friends have loved and it's very subjective yeah. and you know just because one person didn't like your book doesn't mean you're a bad author it just means that book wasn't right for them so you have to write the book that you feel deeply about it needs to to tap into your thoughts and your feelings and things that scare you or make you feel uncomfortable lay your feelings bare when you write it'll resonate with the reader and it'll feel more truthful mm -hmm. and more real to them if you write a book because there's lots of books about sisters or twins or missing mm -hmm. children or whatever and you think oh I could write one of those it's going to lack heart yeah you know I I really believe you've got to put yourself through the mill to write mm -hmm. a book that's going to resonate with readers so you know for me that was setting the escape in my house <laughs> and quite frankly feeling terrified for four <laughs> months of the year yeah. or writing about a, a subject that really touches you in some way and even if it's hard that hardness that difficulty is a good thing Mm. and it will resonate with other people you can tell when you read a book that's been almost written to order yeah and you can tell where the 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 authors kind of drench you know pull their soul out and put it mm. on the page you, you can sense it so write write the book that makes you cry or scares you or keeps you up at mm. night that would be my advice yeah as you say, you know that book when it comes along as a reader because just talking about it can make me feel terrified or it can make it yeah. can make me physically cry because yeah. the storyline is that upsetting. So yeah. on that note, thank you so much, Callie. Thank you. Um, it's been wonderful having you here and um, readers are in for an absolute treat when The Escape comes out. So 23rd of March, make sure you buy it then. Thank you.